Folks, welcome inside the Parisi Palace, high above 3773 East Broadway. This is a live edition of the Jake Feinberg Show. Company on Power Talk. Please go to our website, powertalk.live. Download our free apps. You can stream all of our live local programming. The burgeoning extraterrestrial radio of Power Talk 1210 has led me to spirits like my guest, a drummer from the great city of New Orleans. Johnny Vidakovich, welcome back, my bro. Thanks a lot, man. Thanks for having me. Um, can you talk about in your mind, like your concept of what it means to be a citizen of New Orleans? Well, I guess I guess it's just like you know, uh, you know, learning, learning, learning the system, learning the way things work. You know, the things that aren't written down. In other words, you know, like learning the way the people, uh, the time and the sync, uh, the the uh, the, uh, the, uh, the, uh, the the rhythm of you know. I mean, like, like um, you say, like you have to get used to the system. Like, what is the system of New Orleans? Like, can you give an example of the system? What you said, you have to you you, you the have history. To, no, the you said there's a system. There's like a system that that you have to accommodate. Not like you the, know the system. The system. But and, and that's different. I want the New Orleans. How do you adapt to the system? How did you adapt to the system? Become part of the tapestry of it. I didn't have to adapt to it. I was born into it. Right. There was no adaptation for me. I was born into the tapestry. So, so I, 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 it wasn't a question of I, I didn't have any adaptation whatsoever. You know? Right? That's the way I think of it. skin that played mu music with uh, people with black skin so you always were playing with fire so you had to adapt to um, the segregation of the town I mean I, I've interviewed enough of those cats to know um, 
you know, mm-hmm. so you were pushing the envelope a little I, bit. I just, I just kind of more or less my, my code, you know, I, I had a few personal codes, and, like, one was to keep your mouth shut a lot. You know? <laughs> yeah, he's a good one, yeah. Just, you, know, you know, do a lot of listening, and when, and when you talk, you know, I just uh, use uh, uh, just, uh, just a few words to say what you got to say. Don't be saying, don't, 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 uh, don't be don't be giving out no 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 opinionated you know try to act like the alpha dog. Did you is that just sort of like your personality in the sense that like? Yeah, that's, that's, so it's, it was the, it's easy for me to adapt to to, to adapt to that sociology uh, thing that was going down at that period of time in um, in his in, in, in history. Of what was happening in society, you know, in, in the musical circles of people in the ages of uh, eighteen to to uh, uh, on up, you know. Um, can you explain? Like, I've been down there three times in a year, and I never was there before. Um, and I recognize a piece of my heart is in that tapestry, but I'm not naive enough to like know. Um, you know, but how, um, I want you to just talk about respect, uh, how important that is for you, how you learned respect and, um, and how is respect, uh, best shown? Well, I was learned, uh, I was learned in the original, I was learned in the beginning part of the subject of respect if, if the question is, is, is how do you get it and all of that and you know uh, anyway you know I, I was kind of lucky enough to realize it as a kid because I was learning music of an old, of, of older people not necessarily you know but learning traditional music first even though I was listening to a lot of AM radio and hearing rock and roll you know, I had the dollar a month record club thing uh, where I could get 10 records. I was listening to Shostakovich and Tchaikovsky, too. Hmm. You know, and all that shit. You know, Columbia Record Club. That, Columbia Record Club. Know, Columbia Record Club, yeah. man. 10, 10 records a week, man. And my mom had had a little, little phonograph with a, with a handle on it. Man. It looked yeah. like a little suitcase. Yeah. It was cool. And, uh, and, and and she let me get in that. And so, so to me, music was all a blend, you know. The adaptation that we're talking about, it, it has to do with society and politics and, and the times, you know, the times of, of uh, the great movement of, uh, of more of, of the so-called integration. I call I call it I, I call I call it collective. Men. I call it getting collective. You know, you know, the, <laughs> when we started getting collective in the early seventies. What? All right, so we go. What is collective? What is collective to Johnny Vidal? Music was hip. That's when I got to know them cats like that. <laughs> you know, I, I know that man. That's so cool. And so I'm trying to figure out. Um, I was just a lucky, was in a lucky time. When did you come up with that word? Guy in a lucky time. Yeah, no, luck has a lot to do with it. But but, um, being that um, Louisiana in general, like just explain to the audience like that you wear. 
because Louisiana is a very brutal place. It still is in a lot of ways. And New Orleans, has it always been a counterpoint to the state itself? And did you always take on sort of a mantra of being representative of the city, of the folks, of the collective? Mm, yeah, I, I think that's a mantra, yeah. I, I think it's a mantra, you know, uh, what, 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 whether you have it in the beginning. I think you can have it in a lot of part of your uh, experiences, your life experiences, which is another way of measuring your age, you know, by your experiences. I think that, you know, you can, that mantra can become a reality and a sunken in mantra later or earlier in, in your, in your, in your, in your time zone. I don't think it really makes a difference whether it's earlier or later. I, I do, if, what was the question? Do I think it's an important? No, I don't, I mean, you, you just keep going wherever you want to go. There's no right or wrong answer. Yeah, this is where I your mean, mind went. I mean, I mean yeah, what, what are you talking about? No, explain it, more what it, you're talking it, about. That, if that dedication or uh, vibrant inspiration of uh, mm -hmm. having fun and scoring points, you know, comes later or early in, into your uh, your your other time, which means the time that you're not playing music when you're watching like uh, baseball or football or basketball, you know, or whatever it is you like, you know, what it could be anything, whatever it, you know. Uh, uh, Anything, I don't know, whatever you do, man, you know, whatever you man, there's just some great music that has to be listened to. We have to listen to more Bella Bartok, you know, we have to listen to these people, man. Okay, I'm going to tell we're you something right now. I want, I want to stop man. you right we're there. Fooling us that we're missing out on a whole lot of coloring books, man. Okay, so, like, Johnny, I have my own bag, like, um, Bartok. Um, explain, I mean, from any spiritual rudimentary theory point of view, why is that mandatory listening and why is it being missed? All of that is, why is it being missed is because it's not, it's not being marketed as popular right. uh, thing. Right. You know, it's not being uh, played in the background in enough uh, subconscious places and things that go down in our in our society and our public uh that's why it's not it's it's not being uh you know being oohed and odd uh yeah uh, uh, uh it's uh, sometimes it's too heavy sometimes it, it, if a person happens to be listening to it as he goes through his elevator ride and is playing on the speaker you know he could he, he, he go through these serious emotional uh you know, ups and downs while listening to elevator music, you know. Uh, you know, if, if he's really being affected by the emotionalism involved with it, with the nature of this music, you know. Absolutely. And, uh, the, the music that we have playing in the background and on television and on radio, and man, it's designed to calm you down. Uh, it's the design to make you, uh, it, it's, 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 it's the methadone of music. Right, Phil uh, Ramlin. Uh, 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 yeah. Music in society, in the culture, in, in, in the background. The background music is, 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 is thin, shallow, uh, memorizing at the idiot's... Uh, you know, uh, IQ number, you know, number two, 
uh, knucklehead and IQ, you know, like people, people, people uh, you know, so so people, you know, we had too much of this, man, and that's that's a damn shame for people just who are in advertising, merchandising, products, funds, bottom line. Right, it's a bottom line thing, and the music that you're talking. The bottom line is that racket needs money. Keep it shallow, mesmerize them, hypnotize them, and keep them putting a dollar into the machine. One reason the racket, the racket. I mean, that was your term. That was your term. You know, I borrowed that from you. But was there ever a time when you were on the road with any of those big bands, or? you know, any of the cats you played with, um, was there a time in your early career that it actually, the the whole idea of being a touring musician was a was fair? Did, was the union thriving at one point? Was there ever a high period of, of that in, in New Orleans? Traveling. Just being compensated for being a musician, like where it was like, you you know, it made a little bit more sense than it does where, like you said, Phil Randlin said, he's like, he's like, music is made for pacification, you know, and you called it calming the methadone, you know, it's, ma- it's not made for burning. It's not made for, uh, you know, consciousness expansion and discarga. It's made for pacification now. And, and because it's not the bottom line, the bottom line, you can't sell that stuff to the masses when they're being pacified. But I'm just kind of trying to figure out the heyday of being a musician in the city of New Orleans, and why, for you? I, I think I think for individuals, yes, for individuals it's different. So my feeling of the heyday was uh, 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 the late sixties, all uh, in, into into the, uh, 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 in, in, into the. In, into into the night into the night. Um, you, you can say that safely. Got well, no, I mean like I mean like, I mean like I mean like well, I guess what I'm saying is like like in the sense that like uh, you felt like the was it was it the spiritual component to it was a was there a monetary was there a monetary component to it or was it just the fact that you were like kind of inventing new music that's always been your goal is to invent. A new vocabulary. Mm, it's not. It's not a goal. It's not a goal. Man, it's, it's the wrong word. Yeah, it's it's explain process. it. Explain it's process. it. It's process. You know, uh, I, don't, I don't think about it. I don't think about it as goal, as something that has been achieved. I just think of it as uh, having, 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 having done, having, having done what what I was supposed to do. You know, I don't. I don't really think of it as some reward. I don't think of it. it, it I don't think of it as something that makes me any greater. I'm not looking for any greatness, any in my originality, if there is any of whatsoever, which I don't believe. But you know, that's another subject. But I mean, I mean, uh, you know, I'm not looking for that. You know, it just happens to come out, and I'm not really interested in that. You know, in you know how original and creative I am. I'm really interested in, in, you know, how well I fit in. Um, do you think there's a shared um, goal on the bandstand uh, in the sense of, yeah. like, like, as a team, yeah. you know, I mean, like, I don't mean it like, in yeah. the, 
Like yeah. you're not up there wanking it, you know. Like yeah. you're trying to do it. Is it can yeah. you talk about yeah. the, I think the if, process? If there is, and it should be, and if there is, and it should be, and things should start off on a good, a good damn foot. That's a good solid foot to start out on. And then you and then you add to that attitude, and you add to that a few couple a couple of hits and a ru- lucky hits, a good few rolls of the dice right in the beginning. There is a good foot to get started on, you know. And that's a good foot to start, you know, to start start the blowing on, you know, and then, uh, uh, you know, and then you enjoy the game from then on out, you know. And the mistakes are going to be there because you not you always ain't going to roll good, you know. You 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 can lose some rolls, you know. You just got to be ready to hang in there, man, and roll roll again, you know. Hmm. The dice come around again. Um. Just well, like the just like the innings, just like the sets, just like the gigs, just like the the days, just like the the everything. It's all gonna happen again tomorrow. <laughs> um, but I mean, how did you uh, learn to get out of your own way? Like who who you you know like you and Porter in '67. You guys didn't know anything. You were just up there. Having a ball, like who, who were your mentors to say, "Yo, there are no wrong notes." Don't I mean? I know you were on your career had started before that, but you guys still like. I mean, who would you say were? Was it was it Panino? I mean, it was who who were the who were your mentors? In terms of that music, that uh, honky tonks uh, kind of music, the the mentor thing, I don't know if I want to. You know, I mean, my, my my mentors were my mentors. You know, whether it was honky tonk this or whether it was you know some kind of burning jazz, had no had no 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 category to uh, to connect to the separations, divisions, kinds of categories that I was. I was playing gigs, you know. Absolutely, no, I'm not the saying. Nod, I, yeah, I'm not saying that. The knowledge is spread over. Is spread over that, you know. That's automatically assumed. <laughs> so know? I mean, no, no. So I mean, I know, I, I get it. So I mean, like, like, I just want to know, um, not even. I mean, just like people that that you were. I mean, was it? I mean, most would call you for gigs, but most wasn't a local cat. Like he wasn't, you know, most of us didn't live in New Orleans. Like, who? I mean, who looked out for you, in New Orleans? Well, if he was calling me, I surely wouldn't know who the hell to go to, except maybe if there's still another cat around here that, that played drums with Mose. And I think if the first couple of times he called me, there, there, there were maybe one or two guys that that had, a, you know, a gig with him. And and they just said, "Whoa, man, you you got to follow Mose." Or that was, you know, that was about the most information I ever got. You know, I think maybe at one point, you know, in the in the early parts, everybody after that, everybody everybody had that. Whoa, man, okay, you're in for a ride. You know, <laughs> how was that? How was that shit? How'd you, how'd you like that year? Is he whoa? Fifteen years, I got it. You know. No, I mean, I mean, Milt Hinton, but Milt, Milt Hinton was like, Milt Hinton saved your bacon. Again. Milt Hinton saved your bacon. 
Well, that was, yeah, that was he's like, yo, just follow me, man, because he's so unpredictable. Yeah. You know, I mean, like that's, that's funny. That, yeah, the brotherhood yeah, was there, exactly. John. Exactly. You, you had you had to read in between the lines, you know. And now, in retrospect, I was being you know, such a young fellow, you know, and I did read in between the lines, and I did do what Milt said, and it worked out fine because Milt evidently called me back. <laughs> well, um, I, mean, I couldn't figure out why, because uh, to me, it sounded the music sounded like total chaos you know but i just wasn't in it and he called me back again it still sounded like chaos and he called me back again and this went on for about 15 years i said wow man i don't know why this guy calls me back man to, to me it's i don't i don't i don't feel like i sound that good you know but to Mose, i was the only kid that really knew how to play his music he just wouldn't tell me that you know he would never say anything nice to me so you're telling me you'd sure. get on the bandstand, sort of nod to each other, and then just play, and that was it? I mean, you really got had no understanding. Exactly. <laughs> oh my god. He just he he would tell me uh, maybe one minute before it was time to play, he would remind me or tell me what not to play, and it would refresh my memory once in a while, once or twice a year, about a minute before what he liked about one minute and that's all he would talk that'd be it it wouldn't be about any song anything in particular at all if you were gonna talking to Johnny Vidakovich here on the Jake Feinberg show live on Power Talk and uh, I just w was wondering if you could talk a little bit about like you know if you were gonna break down a big uh, compendium of your of your career and existence and spirit what would be some of the chapters or volumes that you'd like to, what are the most important things that you'd want to convey in, in, uh, in, in, in who you are? Um, the people behind me, the people that, that I hung out with, the people who, 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 who I lived with, the people who, who, who I played with, the people that, uh, the people both uh, the older ones who, who showed me how to how, how to do stuff, and especially the younger ones who I was playing with that I had to help to show them how to you know, show them stuff. That was an important part to realize why why and how the chain works and how the circle works. The circle of 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 learning, playing, teaching. Learning, learning, teaching, learning, learning, teaching. You know, it just goes around and around. And that's how you have to live your life. If you really want to be true to the Holy Spirit, or if you really want to be true to the laws of, 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 of quantum physics, then you have to complete this circle and learn all its angles and, 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 and all of the small triangles that it's made up and subdivided of. And to be complete musician, you have to you have to teach because you have to carry on what you know, and that will keep you thinking forward. In other words, rolling. You know. You know, in English, you put the English on 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 left side on the left side, the top of the ball, 
and then you, you stroke it, you know, not nicely. And uh, according to the, to the ball, the person, the player, the, the guy you, 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 you're working with or teaching with or learning from, and, and, and according to that ball or the position on the table, you know, you know whether it's strike hard or soft, but you know you got to use English because you got to roll to your next to your next shot. You know, so you got to think, you got to, you know, think. You know, everybody's different. No two students are alike. Um, everybody learns in a different way. You know. You're, and what's important, the most important thing is to get them to learn how to teach themselves. So these are the things that essentially we would have to be unpacked. Um, like the idea of you being, like, do you feel like, I know you don't, you have no ego and this is just coming through you and you're merging science with the spirit. I mean, um, but these are things that you'd like to, you know, there are there are methodologies and techniques that you believe would uh, that you could that you'd want to spell out that you want to go deeper on, based on your own experiences. Well, yeah, but I think these things are meant to be designed for you know ways to make the individual himself be the actual tool that does the digging, because I think the individual's digging is the actual uncovering of the uh, answers. Uh, or real answer is that the, you know, the process of digging. You know, well, I was gonna I mean, say, does that make sense? I think a lot of the answer lies in the process of digging. So I think teaching the student to dig is part of the process of the answer. But you know, understand. When you say digging, I mean, um, is that um, searching, searching, practicing? Well, okay, so but I mean, like, I, I mean, on on the kit. On, on yeah, on your fingers, on your kit, on your brain, on your stomach. Um, the kit, the kit, the kit is nothing but an extension near the kit. The drum kit's a bunch of bullshit. You're the drums. You're the actual drums. Drums, that ain't nothing. It's just boom, ching, boom, ching. You're the drum. Well, it's definitely, absolutely, because you're the, you're, you're an actual living organism. But I mean, you have to get reflection of sound off something. You're the drum. What you feel and see and hear inside comes out through your fingers and whatever you touch turns to music. If you know how to make sound, sound good. Look for the good sound and work. Can you talk to younger cats about how to put bebop feathering inflection into what would be considered blues rock psychedelic rock? Mm-hmm. I show them that what the, what the ghost notes that they're playing. If you break that down and play it real slow and with a swing feel. You see how, how it is bebop, and it feels like bebop and stuff like that. Because uh, there's a lot of little bouncy ghost notes in between those those hard notes that they're playing already, 
if they if they would slow everything down and take the foot off the bass drum for a minute and just hear the relationship, you know, between playing, you know, what they're playing with their hands, you know, the ghost notes, you would see how it is very beboppish because it's playing on inside the beat and it's playing the subdivisions, the upbeats and stuff, you know. <clears throat> but they're doing it automatically. But they they really think they're playing mm, pa mm, pa mm, pa. Right. But they, when they bounce it mm, pa, they get it. And they drag their stick along. They had they playing a little rhythm, ghost notes. And so you got to realize that ghost notes uh, basically is how drummer snuck in the left hand in, in the beginning of jazz. You know, away from the backbeat of boom, crack it in, crack it in, crack it in, you know, playing, starting to converse with the, with the horn player, uh, soloist, you know, by playing offbeat accents over them because I already got the rhythm on the right hand and, and the sax symbol, you know, he's already got that rhythm taken care of, and by this time in life, in life now, he got some guy playing the bass, maybe, or, or a tub holding a full four down, right, so you got that rhythm taken care of, you know, blah, 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 blah. Um, I, 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 I don't know if I dream this, I don't know if I dream this or not, but um, Astral Project was on, uh, you went on tour with Weather Report? Not me, no. No, not that I know of. Now, did you ever tour with Wayne Shorter and Herbie, though? No, we played a concert that they were on. With the Astral Project? On the show, I think we were first or second on the show. Like We, we played right before them, so we were second. I think they had three acts that night. It was right over by Woods, Woodstock and we were playing you know you walk up to the top of the mountain, to the mountain or not the mountain but the top of the you know the rolly hills of upstate Bethel New yeah Bethel, Bethel New York yeah you know uh, if you walk up there you, could, you look down and they have a fence around it but it's they have preserved uh, preserved uh, where, where they had Woodstock stock at the end of the stage and all that shit but anyway, yes, we all played with Astro Project, and we opened for you know maybe maybe one or two others. You know, we we opened for Herbie and shit uh, down around around uh, in New Orleans one one time at uh, I can't remember at uh, the convention center. You know, for a big uh, concert. Really? It wasn't it like Sanger yeah. or something? Uh, that was another concert. I forget who opened it for. But some cats on that. Yeah, we did a bunch of singing or working on open different stars. Or, yeah, we were opening that for a while. We were way before opening that. Yeah. Well, tell me, can you tell me um, a year about your relationship with James Black? No. Uh, both drummers, uh, he, and he was a great piano player, Fender Rhodes, especially. And, uh, whoa, whoa. 
and and, and uh, uh, piano, and uh, uh, you know, we uh, started meeting and hanging out and talking with each other and hanging out and and partying a little bit back in the early seventies when Lou and Charlie's on North Rampart uh, opened up. You know, and when, then we played in a quartet together. He played piano, played drums, several bass and singer, name was El Consuelo. And then, uh, you know, just, you know, basically, you know, I think he died early. He died, you know, he died in I just want to be clear. Uh, the band was um, the... It was drums. What was the instrumentation of the band? Piano, bass, drums, voice. Uh, wow, that is... Uh, and and what was his... Like, Earl Palmer, you knew Earl before he moved to L.A.? Or, or? No, no, I was still too young. What was it like the first time you met him? Uh, we had already known of each other, and you know, it, it, you know, uh, it, it was nice. You know, he was very warm and receptive, and pleased to speak to you know a, a young guy from New Orleans and like the way I played and everything. And, you know, and pointed out some projects that he was on that were not popular ones but were real hip real hip projects and I pointed out and I said oh you got that huh? nobody knows about that I said yeah man you sound fucking great yeah. and he liked me he liked the way I played he liked, he liked the fact that I could play old school that I could that I, was, that I could take instruction from them Hollywood cats because he knew about that that I had I had you know, did some good work, did good work in California and in, uh, in L.A., you know, in, in the studios. And, uh, and he liked the fact that I also played with a modern, a very modern band, you know, jazz band. And he liked the fact that I still lived in the So, like, every time I'd hit L.A., man, you know, he would call me, come pick me up in his car. And um, go someplace and eat and listen to a band and shit like that. Um, Johnny, if if there was one thing that you, um, you know, like as a musician, <clears throat> you have responsibility, you know, to your bandmates and, but as like a, in the overall picture, what's a personality trait that you wish you 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 had stronger in in you in your in your constitution. I don't. I don't know. I never thought about it. No. I mean, do you feel like you have a, just, you have a hard time just, saying no? Just, just patience. That's all. Patience and patience and, and, and you know, multiple years of understanding. Patience and not trying to be influenced by my personal uh, feelings and thoughts on things. Not trying to be swayed, you know, to an objective answer to a 
to an objective. I try not to be swayed to an, to an objective answer to a question. And that's presented for performing in life. I try not to be swayed by anything, but, you know, I mean, well, I mean, do you, do you feel like <clears throat> you've been taken advantage of because of your heart? I beg your pardon, say it again. Do you believe that you've been taken advantage of because of your heart in the in the racket? Yeah, but that's to be expected. You know, I expected that when I gave my heart, you know. If it, you know, you, you felt, if you say, I told you so, I, then I would tell you, I knew it already. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I knew it already. I identified with that at the first time we got good and screwed and rude and tattooed. I guess I was uh, maybe, yeah, I guess I just turned 18 years old. We talked about some promoter guy. I talked so I was going down to a whole weekend full of gigs. You know, he said, pay at the end of the end of the weekend. Never heard from the cat again. And he swayed about five or six bands, you know. And, you know, I'd say he probably made about ten or twenty grand, never never showed again. Right. Uh, uh. Never don't know where he went, never heard of him again. Well, we made it to forty minutes, Johnny. That was a uh, that was a hot little set, right. hot little set, man. Um, uh, right, thank you, really? for, thank you for taking part of your day, man. Go back to having, just go back to being being yourself, man. And, yeah. and yet, you know, drop to your heart. Yeah. Rangers are on today, man. Yeah, man. I'm sure they're. Let well, let me you know, check it out. Let me see college fucking baseball right now. Let's see, Rangers, yeah, okay, love college baseball all night, but inside, nope, Texas Rangers tonight, maybe on upper channel, I'll look around. Yeah, brother, yo, listen, let's be in touch, uh, much love all to right. you, much love to you, Johnny. Peace out, Nan, take care of yourself, stay in touch. You too, man, peace. Peace. Yeah, late.